Chara Supply Chain. Highlighting and showcasing solutions for the most complex challenges facing the industry in 21st century by our team of subject matter experts and mentors. Broadcasting every week all year round, we will present the most up-to-date series of podcasts and webinars. Hello and welcome to another episode of Bicara Supply Chain. Uh, this is Nur Hadi, your host. And today uh, we have a very special guest, Andreas. He is an associate professor of supply chain management at Copenhagen Business School and based in Denmark. Thank you for joining us, Andreas. It's great to have you on the show. Yeah, thanks, Nuhari. Uh, thanks for having me. Uh, I'm, I'm very happy to be part of this podcast series. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So in today's episode, we're going to talk about two transformative supply chain managements. But before we get started, can you please tell us a little bit about yourself and your professional background? Sure. So I'm working here at Copenhagen Business School. I'm a educator. I'm a teacher. I do research in supply chain management for uh, several years now. So I've been uh, working in uh, in Germany before. I'm German. I worked at uh, TU Berlin, where I uh, did my PhD. And uh, back then already, my research area, so my PhD research area was supply chain resilience. So uh, that means um, this area, which became transformative or about transformation, adaptation, um, has has been my research area for quite some while. Yeah. But I should say before uh, I started in academia, what I studied actually, my master's was in information systems. So I have more of a technological background, IT background, IT management background. To start off the discussion for today's episode, what are your views on conventional supply chain management, especially to how they deal with the major disruption like a pandemic of COVID-19? Yeah, what I find quite interesting is that we in supply chain management, uh, many people in academia, but also um, in, in business reality, that people are using a terminology that reminds me a lot in engineering. So you design the supply chain you try to control problems or um, terms like this, you optimize the supply chain. So it's often a terminology that we are, yeah, that we know from how to deal with machines. So a machine um, is broken and then you try to fix it by redesigning it, re-engineering it, optimizing it and things like that. And what I can see a bit is that this is also dominating the way we are dealing with supply chains, how we manage supply chains. So in other words, supply chain management is somehow supply chain engineering, uh, which is not bad. So uh, I think there's really great solutions. We try to map the supply chain. It then looks a bit like the map of a subway, of of a train system or bus system. So we can see all the stations, which is then the suppliers, the sub-suppliers, et cetera. And we try to really get control over that beast, this supply chain. And I say this is not bad. Obviously, it's not bad. Yeah. Because if something happens to the supplier of a supplier, then uh, we try to um, 
yeah, try to control that. And that's also during COVID maybe what happens. I also have seen this in your paper where you have mentioned about the dancing supply chain. So can you please describe a little bit what it's about? Yeah, um, thanks for asking this. Um, it's a paper I, I really put a lot of energy into writing. It was a lot of fun writing that. Mm-hmm. And I would say this is exactly maybe or tr- what I try to do in the paper is to show a bit of an alternative to show supply chains are about human beings. I mean, there's a lot of uh, people working in a supply chain. It's not just a machine that you can kind of control. So if it's if it consists a lot of people or if it's maybe also uncontrollable, if it's a beast, yeah, uh, then I try to use a different metaphor than engineering or all these yeah, machine and controlling, optimizing type of terms. I try to use an alternative and I use this metaphor, which is dancing. Because how does dancing work in reality? If you think about it, if you dance with someone, then you can't and you shouldn't control your partner. Uh, that would be a very boring dance, uh, very stiff, right? So yeah. it's an interaction. You need to negotiate. The rules of the dance can uh, change. And uh, yeah, this is, I would say, more realistic. So if you really look at um, how companies are dealing with supply chain hiccups, then constantly something goes wrong, but you constantly are able also to find a good solution, uh, a solution that you might never have thought about before. So this is what I mean with dancing the supply chain. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And how can transformative supply chain be different from a conventional supply chain? What is actually the difference between both of them? Transformative supply chain is maybe a more technical term for what I call dancing the supply chain. So um, it's the subtitle also of that paper that you mentioned. But if you, um, and I said it in the beginning, uh, my background is supply chain resilience. And yeah, resilience traditionally in, uh, and also how many people think about it, how many people teach it also in, in business schools and supply chain programs, um, resilience traditionally is something is similar to robustness. So you try to control the system, try to keep it in the same state. So if something goes wrong, like now with COVID, uh, the face mask were not available or uh, certain suppliers couldn't deliver or the vaccine was delayed and stuff like that. Um, so you try to fix that. You try to control that. But transformative means to think into the future. Think about what, how can the, uh, what could be an alternative to uh, the conventional way you are dealing with the supply chain and try to find alternatives, not just adapting to the problems or yeah, approaching them kind of, but really thinking about what could be an entirely different solution that is that has a different identity. Uh, for, the supply chain is not the same any longer, you could say. So uh, this is what I mean by transformative. So to really use the power of innovation, um, experiment, and uh, by in, in so doing, then uh, finding something that is entirely new, that, that is a transformed supply chain that has not uh, a lot of things to do with the old one any longer. And I think this is really about innovation then in the end, right? Yeah, yeah. 
All right. So Andreas, you probably may have a project or a case on how the business transform uh, the supply chains. So in relation to this topic, can you share this experience with our audiences? I, I think resilience again is a good example here. Uh, if you think about resilience in three terms, and this is uh, something that I learned, I read a lot uh, in the ecological literature where they also use the term resilience for a forest, for instance, or in the urban uh, science literature where they use the term resilience for a city. So to build a resilient city. And yeah, I thought about how can I use this, um, this distinction that they make that supply chain management scholars haven't really made before. How can I translate this into our, our world, so to say, right? So um, think about, for instance, um, this ship recently in the Suez Canal. Yeah. It, was, it blocked the Suez Canal, right? Traditionally, yeah. <clears throat> supply chain managers would say, we need to get back as quickly as possible to normal. There's even, um, yeah, nice models, how you can calculate this time to survive, time to recovery, which are super helpful. I teach them, I like them, but it's, it's about the old system. So you try to get rid of the ship. So after having done so, you will be back to normal, the old normal. But transformation is about getting into something new, getting into a new normal. And for the ship, uh, that would mean really questioning your, ourselves in our supply chains, is this global, the, the global way of doing business really always necessary? So maybe sometimes reshoring local production might be a better solution. And if we do so, we don't need bigger and bigger Suez canals. Or an, another example, uh, also during, co during COVID maybe, um, traditionally, let's say um, here in Denmark, there's a, there's a, good example, maybe a juice producer, they produce these little bottles that you often have in conference hotels, um, which is a good business, I assume. But when COVID started, suddenly these bottles uh, didn't make sense anymore. They, they lost their meaning because all hotels were closed for many weeks, many months, actually. So just going back to normal and trying to reestablish the production of these juice bottles wouldn't make any sense, right, for quite a while. So what they did was quite transformative. What they did was they thought about, yeah, what is the new normal? What is the alternative to selling orange juice to hotels if these hotels are closed? So what they did was they filled hand sanitizers in, into these bottles. So they used the, the machines that they had, but the business model was something entirely different. And this is a transformative way of thinking, not just fixing what is broken and getting back to the old system, but trying to establish something entirely new. And I, I think this is uh, very important to think about. Okay, so this is my last question before we close today's episode. Uh, do you have any other critics way that you would like to share with our audiences? Sure. So also, I think in a bit of a similar um, way, also look at the car industry. Over many decades, we have tried to, yeah, we had combustion engines, uh, a very successful business models. Many companies 
have been using uh, this business model uh, in the US, in Europe, in Asia. Um, and then suddenly Tesla came. Mm -hmm. The back then tiny company, right? So yeah. because what, what they did was they questioned what was there before, the old normal. They questioned this and um, yeah, proposed an alternative. And they did so also because the world has changed, the world around them. I mean, now we, we are seeing the countries forbidding combustion engines in just a few years. Um People are becoming more and more you know, sustainability conscious or climate conscious. So they don't want to buy combustion engines. So many changes. But the old car industry has for many years still tried to convince people. Maybe we have better fuel uh, efficiency and stuff like that. But still with the old business model, although Tesla already had a um, huge actually first mover oil not first, but early mover advantage. And also this is transformative thinking, thinking about what could be in 20 years instead of how can we yeah, conserve our old business model. I think this is a key takeaway. It's a bit like uh, standing on the Titanic. That's also what I've wrote about um, in the dance floor, maybe to use this term again of the Titanic. Uh, everyone is smiling. The music is great but you don't see that the ship is sinking around yeah. you. Mm -hmm. That's maybe a similar situation. So you don't see that your business model doesn't make uh, sense in just a moment, just a few years, maybe. So this is my key takeaway. Uh, if you ask for that, uh, this is really about transformative thinking. Mm. Interesting. Nice. Okay. So Thank you so much for joining us today, Andreas. And for sure, I look forward to speaking with you at another time. At Vichara Supply Chain, we are committed to driving global perspective to embrace technological adaptation in improving process efficiencies. Don't forget to subscribe, like, and share Vichara Supply Chain. And stay tuned for the latest updates. To learn more, visit our website www.picharasupplychain.com. Thank you for listening to us. We look forward to seeing you at our next episode. <laughs>